Welcome to another edition of Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher. And boy, do I have a special treat for everybody today. Uh, the man that I have on today is somebody that, as a kid, that I definitely looked up to. I mean, you know, in elementary and junior high school and even high school, I wasn't exactly the biggest person. So who I looked up to, I mean, obviously I idolize wrestlers, but this man I looked up to because of his what he was as a, for, as a journalist. So before we go any further, I just wanted to bring up to everyone there that I really, really appreciate the support that I've gotten for the show so far. Here we are a couple weeks in. I'm already here on Episode 3. I have a list of guests lined up basically for the rest of the year. Um, I've had a handful of people reach out to me to be on the show that I've worked in Japan, and that alone right there really warms my heart. And I just want to say thank you, and I really am trying my best here to make this into something special. Remember, we're on iTunes, Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher. Our host is Podcast.com. So if, you, if you're if you on um, Android device and you want to listen to the show, uh, check it out on Podcast.com. You know, I, I've been asked if we want to put it somewhere else, and for the time being, we're going to stick with podcast.com. I mean, I'll be straight up honest with everybody. I'm not making a dime off of this show. Uh, I make this show basically using a tape-a-call app on the iPhone and throwing it onto Movie Maker and just messing with the audio here and there and cutting out parts. So, I mean, this is all low-budget quality, but I try my best to be as high quality with the content here as possible. So I just want to thank everybody for your support. I want to thank everybody for listening, whether it's on YouTube, iTunes, or uh, podcast.com. I just want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, please, I know we don't get the numbers, but subscribe to us on iTunes or podcast.com. Uh, check out my YouTube pages. Uh, spread the word is basically all I ask. If you have a chance on iOS or iTunes or whatever it is to give a rating, give an honest rating and an honest answer, I'd really appreciate that. Before we go any further, uh, we'd like to listen here from a avid supporter of the show who is well-known within the wrestling community. Hello, this is professional comedy wrestler Kiku Taro from Osaka, Japan. <laughs> you are listening Japanese Wrestling Classic with Roy Lucier. Bye. There you go, fans. I just want to thank Kiku Taro for that warm and wonderful welcome there. So, without any further ado, this man that is on the show right now is probably the most well-known journalist from the 70s, 80s, 90s, currently, as far as photography, as far as editor-in-chief, as far as anything and everything involving the wrestling business. Uh, he was a part of the Weston magazines, more commonly known as the After Magazines, 
And he is here to talk about the role that Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the wrestler, Inside Wrestling, all those magazines played when it came to Japanese wrestling. And the man, of course, is none other than Bill after himself. Without any further ado, here he is, Mr. Bill Apter. Hello, wrestling fans, and thank you for listening to another edition of Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher. And I have a special treat for everybody today. I have on the line here the most recognizable name. Uh, this man is a reporter, writer, photographer, and so much more. And I have on the line Mr. Bill Apter. Mr. Apter, how are you doing today? Well, first of all, call me Bill. Uh, and it's great, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, very, I'm thrilled that someone is dedicating a podcast to Japanese wrestling. I don't think Thank anyone you. else is doing that, and this is a, this is a great idea, so I'm, uh, I'm psyched to be on here. Mushy, awesome. mushy. Uh, mushy, mushy. Thank you so much for that. All right, let's, uh, let's dive right in with the first question. What kind of relationship did the Weston family of magazines have with the offices in Japan? We did not have a relationship with them at all. The, the relationship was my relationships as the photo editor, one of the other hats I wore, in uh, contacting and nurturing the photographers who had the contacts with the offices, uh, Koichi Ashizawa, um, Wally Yamaguchi back then, who was the brother of the uh, WOE broadcaster, uh, Shun Yamaguchi. And uh, uh, those were my two main contacts. And uh, Joe Higuchi, one of the referees, who I knew uh, really well, and Mr. Hattori. Those were all the contacts. But usually if we needed a, uh, something from Japan, Koichi uh, Yashizawa or Wally Yamaguchi were pretty much the uh, the people to contact the offices there and let them know that they were uh, shooting for the uh, for the wrestling magazines, or as you so oh. aptly call them, the Western magazines. But um, I did have a very good relationship um, with uh, Mr. Baba and his wife uh, as well, and once or twice a year. I would either see them or contact them uh, by telephone. Of course, there was no Internet back then. Yeah. And uh, so once in a while, I would talk with Baba or his wife regarding news and things like this from uh, from Japan. And I uh, had a very good relationship with Antonio Noki as well, who I would talk to several times a year. But most wow. of the contact was through the photographers. And uh, Wally Yamaguchi actually did uh, work for the WWF for a bit as um, yes. Hakushi's manager, correct? Yes, he did. Yes, that's right. He did. Wally, Wally turned into a great entrepreneur in the wrestling business. He did a little uh, a little of everything. <laughs> and he was a very, very dear friend even, and an excellent karaoke singer with me. <laughs> yeah. When was the first time that you visited Japan? Early 80s, I was there, and Noki's group had brought George Napolitano over, and uh, Terry Funk said to me one time, he says, you know, Bill, after, he says, we're booking for Baba, and George Napolitano's going over there for Noki, we want to take you over, and they took me over on a tour along with Muthez, um, um, Mongolian Stomper, Bruce Brody, Stan Hansen, Ted DiBiase, 
It was incredible. I couldn't believe that I was doing this. Did you get a chance to go to um, Rivera's Steakhouse while you were there? Oh, of course. On the final night, <laughs> Baba, who sounded a lot like uh, Andre, was, come, you're coming with us. We're going to buy your steak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. My, the, my big thing that I missed, though, I didn't get a jacket. I should have. Instead, I opted for a uh, Planet Hollywood Tokyo jacket. I'm sure if you went back there, there would be no problem getting you a jacket whatsoever. Probably not. Probably not. Well, I could probably get it from Amazon at this point, too. Yeah. And how many trips to Japan had you made during your career? Uh, Three trips. Three trips. One of them was actually not for wrestling. One of them, when I was working for WOW magazine, um, one of the editors, Tim Tao, and I were invited to uh, Pride the first show of Pride, which was the beginning of the whole, uh, like, MMA thing in Japan there. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I photographed the Pride show as well. So two times pro wrestling, both times for Bobby's group, and then the Pride show. Wasn't the Pride show uh, Hicks on Gracie and Takata as the main event? I don't remember, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't remember. I, th- I think it was. Tell us about some of the historic events that you were able to photograph over the years on your three trips to Japan. Oh, my goodness. Well, I could tell you more about the the characters more than the matches because Mm -hmm. uh, uh, just watching the way that the funks were treated by the Japanese fans was unbelievable. To see Jimmy Superfly snooker in his prime in Japan was amazing. To fear for my life when Bruce Brody and Stan Hansen would come out of the dressing room and Brody swinging a chain and Stan Hansen with the uh, the, the, cow, the uh, cow belt there, the, 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 uh, the lasso with the, the cow bell on it. Uh, mm-hmm. And the fans, would, you thought you were in the set of a Godzilla movie because the fans were just uh, riot and running. They were terrified. And I, the first two nights, um, I didn't know that was going to happen, and I almost got trampled upon. By night three, I realized, go under the ring and wait till they get to the ring. <laughs> that way I wouldn't get, that way I wouldn't get hurt. But, uh, it was that, and then there was the, uh, the story. And this is in my book. My book is Wrestling Fixed. I didn't know it was broken. Um, mm-hmm of Haku taking me out to karaoke for the first time, which tied into a very interesting story with Ted DiBiase and Terry Funk uh, setting me up with what I didn't know was a hishi um, <laughs> in Japan. But uh, for the whole story, you got to read the book. I, I can't yeah. tell it as well as it's written in the book. No, it, it, it's written excellent. I have read the book. I got it well, Christmas two years ago. Thank you. You know, it's definitely, thank definitely you. And and Joe Higuchi, who's the referee back then, um, turned into a, a, a lifelong friend. Uh, when one of my uh, bags broke with all my clothing for like 12 days there, he uh, he told me to stay at the hotel, and he took a train home for two hours and brought me back a bag that I could keep. I still have it in my basement. And and the the best one of the best parts of it didn't even involve a Japanese wrestler, but it was in Japan where Luthez and I became uh, family. 
you know, I'm close friends with uh, Charlie nowadays. Oh, uh, as am I. And I'll tell you this. Charlie is as much of a champion as Lou was. I really I have agree. to say that. <laughs> so actually, she, uh, um, and this is something I've never even told him in my book, but um, Lou Thez showed me how to diaper my little baby son uh, at his home in Virginia. He knew <laughs> how to change diapers. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> Were any of the staff of the Weston Magazine's cake traders that would watch any of the weekly TV shows from the you know the two main companies? No, no. We, most of the um, writers at at the Western Magazine were more writers than wrestling people. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, but periodically, Wally Yamaguchi would, or Koichi would send me VHS tapes, and I, I watched them. Now, some of the most memorable magazine covers in history with the um, Western Magazines involved back in 85, the match between Ric Flair and Rick Markell, so the NWA versus AWA Kyle unification match, and it was right there, right on the cover. And, you know, we didn't see it on TV, but us, you know, me personally growing up, I read about it in your magazine. It, like, wet my appetite. I was like, wow, this is really happening? What do you remember about that event? Just that it was one of the most highly anticipated uh, events back then because it was very unusual for Federation champions to cross the line and go against the champion of a of another federation and uh yeah that was that was one of the few but i i photographed so many of them uh bob Backlund, harley race superstar graham uh uh harley race i mean so many of them um but back then it it was it was really special because titles didn't change hands like they change today there seemed to be more value um, in those in the NWA and AWA um, and uh, WWF titles back then, because people uh, it, those the title matches were very 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 special because they didn't have it happen in every territory every night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, would any of the companies ask you to do a story on someone who is going to be coming over? from Japan and wrestling in the States for a while in order to make them more known to the public, you know, for, like, example, uh, Kiji Muto or, or someone along those lines? Well, no, actually, the only time I could, and it's funny that you, you picked uh, Muto, is, um, and I always called him the Great Muta, uh, mm-hmm. but when I first came to America, Gary Hart um, used to say to me, my man, watch this guy, and you got to do some stories on him. Uh, he was, he very much pushed uh, um, Muda to me uh, to try and uh, help accelerate him into the uh, magazines. No, basically, if Koichi or Wally sends us a good set of pictures and the person in the pictures had worked in the United States like Enoki and Tatsumi Fujinami when they were at the garden, then we usually did stories on them. Uh, Anytime... Anytime a, uh, a wrestler, we did many stories on Fujinami because he was at the Garden quite a, quite a bit. Yeah, he was the junior heavyweight champion for a while, if I remember yes. correctly. And you have to understand that we couldn't do stories without the photos. Photos had to come first. But Koichi would send pictures every two or three weeks, and uh, uh, he would also send results. Again, there were no there was no internet back then. 
So that's mm-hmm. what we got a lot of. We learned a lot about the various names uh, in Japan. I remember See, when, I, when I when I was growing up. When I was growing up, the big Japanese star that I had never seen, uh, I read in the Western magazines when he was the um, creator of Wrestling Review was Ricky Dozen against Fred Lassie. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, Bobman Sakaguchi, I used to watch on TV when I lived in New York. I used to watch them from the Olympic Auditorium on the uh, uh, Spanish networks there on uh, UHF TV. I'd see Bobman Sakaguchi there. Now, were there any Japanese names that you remember fondly that would go out of their way to come to the headquarters and meet the staff and wanted to take photos? No, we, they weren't. They, none of them uh, came to the office at all. Oh. We were on Long Island, and when they were uh, in New York, you know, I'd go to New York. Uh, Tiger Mask is a perfect uh, example of when he came to New York. Uh, I introduced myself to him, and we had a, a photo studio that we rented probably eight blocks away from the garden, and he came and did an entire photo set with me. Oh, wow. Uh, Sayama, yeah. uh, back in 82. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And then he had that memorable match in Madison Square Garden against Dynamite Kid. He did. He did. Yeah. He did. He did. But, rem- but, but no, the guys rarely, a lot of the American guys would come to the office at times, but most of them, the office was based on Long Island, and unless we sent somebody to go and pick them up, they really didn't want to leave New York during the day. Got a it. lot of them had their wives with them, uh, and they wanted to spend the day in Manhattan. Now, when you first witnessed a wrestling event in Japan, what did you notice about the atmosphere that was different from the United States? Oh, total, well, first of all, the streamers, of course, um, <laughs> which, which I had, you know, I got tangled in them trying to shoot pictures. But the fans, when a wrestler did something special, just applauded like it was a, like in a Broadway show. <laughs> and it was, and it was, it was quiet. Uh, even when the wrestlers like Brody and Hanson came out and made the fans scatter, it was fairly quiet, except for the knocking over of the chairs. You didn't hear a lot of uh, a lot of talking or anything uh, from the fans. They were very respectful and appreciative of everything. You know, there was no "this is boring" like you might hear at the at, at a show in New York or somewhere like that. It was everybody was very respectful and. Uh, the applause was really, really nice. Wow. Now, when you co-hosted Pro Wrestling this week, you guys often got clips from a couple of the Japanese promotions. Um, how did you guys end up getting those segments? Well, I didn't. I co-hosted that several times. I did my own uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated segment on there, an editorial and the rankings. I mm-hmm. was not part of the production team at all. I hosted it just a few times. When Joe Pedicino was on vacation, I co-hosted it with um, with Gordon Soley. Um, that was uh, pro wrestling this week. Oh, by the way, the, the person who um, put that whole show together and drove that bus and created that, Joe Pedicino, just retired a few weeks ago. I remember reading Bobby Blackstone uh, posting about a uh, big retirement ceremony for him, too. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry I couldn't have been there. But uh, I don't know uh, where they got that footage from. I was part of the uh, the talent pool on that show. I was not involved in the uh, production. But I'm guessing just like I had helped Joe reach out to several offices to get uh, footage from 
uh, the Crockett's and some of the other people just to, you know, you have to endorse people when promoters aren't familiar with them or whatever. And mm-hmm. I helped you with a few of those, but I had nothing to do with uh, wherever they got the Japanese footage from. Oh, okay. Now, did you ever come across any politics, such as if you promoted or covered one promotion, that the other wouldn't let you work with them or cover them? No, they they never would not let us uh, cover them. They would be jealous that um, the NWA would be jealous that a WWF guy was full cover and their guy might have been the uh, insert. That happened a lot. And eventually, um, that totally changed when the WWF uh, banned all the outside wrestling magazines for many, many years. And our photographers had to shoot matches from upstairs. So we, the NWA and the AWA got that uh, large cover spot, and WWE was, WWF was the smaller spot. Got it. Yeah, but it, no, it, it was... We, I never heard from anyone where, hey, if you cover those guys, you're not invited to our shows anymore. Never oh, happened. Got it. You did cover the Anoki Ali fight somewhat, didn't you? Well, I was at Shea Stadium in the dugout with uh, Bruno San Martino, and if people go and uh, and look uh, on YouTube and put in Bill Actor and Bruno San Martino do play-by-play on the Anoki Ali fight, uh, you can hear that. It's actually on the WWE website, too. They, uh, wow. They had, uh, yeah, they had picked that up. Yeah, I wasn't in Japan for that. I was at Shea Stadium uh, shooting pictures and covering the live show. And then when the closed circuit big screen came on with the Ali Anoki fight, uh, I sat in the dugout with Bruno, and we did uh, every round. <laughs> it's out there on YouTube. First time that I, I met you was at the Peace Festival that Anoki ran in 1996. Oh, yes. I remember that very, <laughs> very well. That was a great show. Yeah. What do you remember about that event? Well, that that event, of course, the uh, I presented uh, Anoki with an award at that event. I remember that. Uh, I remember that, um, and again, it's a chapter in my book about Eric Bischoff uh, calling me a parasite for various reasons back then. That was a very tense time in my uh, in my career, but Eric and I are dear friends now, and I, 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 he's, he's one of the nicest people and most creative people I know. But it was great because fans that came to see that event uh, got to see a lot of the Japanese talent that they had read about in the magazines. They got to see them live and in person in Los Angeles. And I just wish, you know, if that were today, it would have been an Internet pay-per-view. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I would have loved to have seen that. Uh, uh, and I, need to, as well. I need to speak to Bischoff one day because I do have a confession. I was in the front row, and I was the one that started the Bischoff Sucks chant. You, that was you. <laughs> yeah, and I think I turned me. around, and I was <laughs> chanting with you. If I was around the ring, did you see me around the ring shooting pictures there? Absolutely, yeah. I was there, yeah. My 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 little bald spot in the back was just starting to uh, uh, worsen. But yeah, that that's me. Yeah, I remember we had a great time at the hotel afterwards. It was like the New Otani Hotel. Um, yes, Ray, I do remember that. Yeah, Ray, Ray had just gotten married, so we were um, at the bar with him and Oleg Taktaroff and a few of the other guys. I do remember. By the way, just as the question you asked me before, I just want to go back when you asked me about Japan. Uh-huh. Uh, the one thing I didn't mention was Tokyo Dome. Oh, one of the big, 
one of the big thrills of my life was finally being able to go and shoot pictures three times in the Tokyo Dome. Which event did you cover? Well, two of Baba's shows and the Pride event. Oh, that's well. right. That's right. The Pride yeah. was at Tokyo yeah. Dome. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So that was incredible. Wow. Now let's fast forward back to where we were uh, just a minute ago here. <laughs> no worries. Um, can you explain the process of adding the Japanese wrestlers to the PWI 500 when you worked there? I mean, were there some employees that were more knowledgeable on the wrestlers who yes. would make an argument yes. for their spot? Yes, yes. Yeah, we, we had a meeting where we would sit and we would rank the first 100 guys, and then after that, uh, just one or two people would do that. But, see, the publisher had a different stance on this. The publisher was, we sell magazines. We don't really sell a lot of magazines in Japan. We don't mm-hmm. sell a lot of magazines in Puerto Rico. So it should be mainly uh, the American guys. And uh, um, we put in the champions in Japan, the major champions in Japan, generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was that was pretty much about it. And um, we would call, I would call, uh, uh, again, on Wally or Shun or Koichi just to get some information to give to whoever was doing 500 at that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it was always good to see the Japanese names in there, you know, some of the Lucha names, because it was their exposure. And, you know, if you weren't familiar with them, it made you want to go out and, you know, if you were a tape trader, look them up and, you know, see what the big hype was and stuff. I, oh, absolutely. And yeah. The, the, you know, it's funny because, and this is not anything to do with Japan, but I always remember that Paul Jones, when he worked in the Mid-Atlantic in Georgia area, mm-hmm. the first time he came to Madison Square Garden, he came over to me in the dressing room and he says, when I was coming into the employees' entrance, fans were stopping me and they knew who I was because of the magazines. Yes. Because the yes. magazines were the internet before the internet was around yeah. for pro wrestling. Now, tell us more about what you do nowadays with your life. Wow. Well, okay. I'm still doing the wrestling thing full-time. I'm hosting a lot of conventions. September 30th, I'll be hosting the Tribute to the Legends from Maryland Championship Wrestling. Um, I'm still called several times a year up to the WWE to be a uh, uh, talking head on the uh, on the network of a lot of the shows. Uh, every day, I'm posting things on OneWrestling.com, mm-hmm. which is one of the oldest, most trusted sites in the wrestling business. I'm also doing videos two or three times a week for the site. People can go to onewrestlingvideo.com and see all our videos. Um, I've got a new segment called the After Files that's getting a, a really good review from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also do uh, uh, pay-per-view previews. And uh, uh, we have great people working for us at, um, at One Wrestling, like Big Ray Hernandez, Travis Foltz, uh John Austin, uh uh, a guy named OK Fabe and Jay Shannon. So yeah, I, I do that uh, every day, and uh, a lot of trips coming up uh, because I'm still marketing and promoting uh, both my book and the audio version of it, which people can get on uh, on Amazon or uh, or their local uh, bookstore, Barnes exactly. most Barnes and Nobles. And again, the name of the book is Wrestling Fix. I didn't know it was broken, and there's uh, 
several chapters that involve my uh, trips to Japan. I re one thing that I want to say personally about your videos is, for example, you're always up to date on your stuff. There's obviously with the internet, there's a lot of false news out there. Uh, you're the one, uh, I forgot who was, I think they said Cowboy Bob Orton died a couple months ago, and you were able to break the news that, you know, you just talked to Bob and he was okay. Yeah, I talked to the dead man myself, and it wasn't the end. <laughs> and I, I had personally just seen him at Cauliflower Alley like four days before, and I'm like, no, no way he died. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, also during the day for the past 10 years, I worked for a uh, non-profit company uh, called Head H-E dd.org and uh, I'm part of the employment specialist team where we assist people with various degrees of disabilities to find jobs and job coach them to make them successful. You actually got a key to the city for your work with that company if I'm correct. Is that right? Oh my god. Well actually it wasn't for that. So it was that was part part of it. But um, uh, KSWA uh, wrestling in Pittsburgh uh, brought me in to uh, do a book signing and uh, a couple of things in the ring, and they presented me with not only an award from the uh, from the governor, Governor Tom Wolf, for my work in pro wrestling and at Ahead, but also they made it Bill After Day in in uh, Pittsburgh. Wow! Wow! That, yeah, and that's the home of Bruno San Martino. So, like, you know, what what. What a thrill. What an absolute thrill. Are you following the uh, New Japan G1 Climax this year? Uh, I have been, yes. I, I haven't been watching it. Um, we have somebody covering that. Mm -hmm. So I've been re reading the results. I did see ah. the uh, Kenny Omega um, uh, Takata match, which I thought was incredible. That was amazing. That really was. Incredible. He's, you know, uh, uh, eventually uh, Kenny Omega, if he decides... Uh, if WWE and he ever decide to make a deal, he's going to be a very big deal in that company. And I believe the Young Bucks, too. You know, I mean, you could see them setting themselves up for a few down the road with the Revival. I mean, they're smart. They're looking oh, down the yeah. road. I'd like to see the Young Bucks against the Hardys. Oh, exactly, yeah. Any upcoming appearances that you would like to let us all know about? Well, I just mentioned the one in Maryland Championship Wrestling. I'll also be... Um, now, when will this be on the air? Uh, I'd say in about a week or so. Okay, because this Saturday, um, the 12th, I will be in Philadelphia at the uh, Icons of Wrestling Convention. So if this is played after that, it was nice to meet a lot of you who uh, came there. Um, <laughs> I'll do what I can to get this up uh, sooner so that... Um, okay, if you can. If you can, that'd be great. And I'm also negotiating for a possible uh, uh, trip to Australia early next year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The event that you're doing on the 12th, um, who else is going to be there? Well, that's uh, 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 Icons of Wrestling. I'm going there for um, uh, to do interviews for OneWrestling.com. And it's a great convention. Ralph Feinstein uh, puts this convention on. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he draws a, an absolutely incredible crowd. So uh, confirmed guest Jerry the King Lawler, Jim Ross, the Rock and Roll Express, Hall of Famers <laughs> will be there. Tony Schiavone. Wow, he's doing great with his podcast. He is Road Warrior Animal. Too many four-letter words, though, for me. Yeah. Yes, Tony, I said that. Mm -hmm. um, but I love him. 
Uh, Hannibal will be there. King Kong Bundy, Chavo Guerrero Jr., who, by the way, is you know one of the major stunt people for the new uh, Glow series on Netflix. Yep, good stuff there. Yeah, Joey Matthews, who's now a trainer at Maryland Track Championship Wrestling, one of the toughest guys, and I get along with him. And I love this guy. Billy Ray will be there. Also, the Godfather and the Killer Bees are going to be there, and they're going to talk about their new uh, comic book. Ted DiBiase will be there, and he'll be talking about that movie that he's got coming out in November that's going to be in movie theaters all around the United States. Speaking of the podcast, Kevin Gill from the KG Show and Keep It at 100 wanted me to ask, what happened to your podcast? Well, but we uh, I put it on suspension for the summer um, due to things that I'm uh, busy doing with my family mm-hmm. during the summer. It's in negotiations to bring it back. I've got a lot of... Uh, a lot of things going on where I'm not sure I'm going to have the time to do that every week at this point. Um, there's a lot of other things going on in my life right now, all positive, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of it's to do with the wrestling business. So I'm not sure. It should be back maybe in September and maybe not. Not Got not it. sure at this point. By the way, one other thing that I want to uh, plug is that on SummerSlam Sunday, do not look for me at the Barclays Center. I will be in Philadelphia, Northeast Philadelphia, at a place called Nick's Roast Beef, where um, this gentleman does uh, parties for the four major pay-per-views per year um, at that place where people come in and they watch Q&A, a live Q&A, and then there's a buffet and there's no charge to watch the pay-per-view. And uh, the guests, this time will be me. I'll be the host of the Q&A with uh, Cowboy Bob Orton, the dad of Randy Orton, mm-hmm. and Nikolai Volkoff. So wow. that will be at Nick's Roast Beef in Northeast Philadelphia on SummerSlam Sunday. I will be there at 5 o'clock. <laughs> I'm actually going to be covering Stockton Con that day. They have um, Ray Mysterio, Hurricane Helms, and Molina all confirmed for the event. For that well, day. that's great. In Stockton, California? Yes, yes. That's great. That's yeah. great. I was there many years ago. Please make sure you tell them all uh, that wonderful Willie says hello. I promise I will. I thank you so much for your time, Mr. After. And I just want to throw this out there on a personal note. When I was a little kid, seven, eight, nine years old, my mom would take me to the grocery store. And when we'd first get there at the Stater Brothers in Garden Grove, my mom would drop me off at the magazine aisle. So, in my opinion, you were as much of a part of my childhood as the wrestles on TV were. Like, I I basically had every PWI wrestler, inside wrestling, all the special editions that came out quarterly, everything. And to do this podcast with you is is an honor beyond words that I can't even say enough. Well, I I really, really appreciate your kind words, but I always tell people that I was one part of many great teams like Peter King, Stu Sachs, Craig Peters, uh, Eddie Elner, Danny Shockett, uh, Brandy Minkevich, and so many other, Joe Bua, so many other names I can barely even remember. But I was the guy out there in the field that everybody, uh, I was Jimmy Olsen. (laughs) Any final words that you would like to share with the listeners of my podcast? Yes, I'll see you at the matches. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mr. Rapper. You have a wonderful day. My pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for your fanship. It's very appreciated. Well, there you go, wrestling fans. I hope that you honestly and 
greatly appreciated uh, my chat with Bill After here on Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher. These were subjects that have never been discussed anywhere before. And uh, like Bill said, this is something that no one else is doing, a Japanese podcast from an American standpoint. And I'm just glad to be that middleman here. And out of respect to Bill, he mentioned the appearance this Saturday and the one next Sunday at SummerSlam. And I wanted to kind of hurry this up, and I know it's two podcasts in a week. But, you know, out of respect to him, I wanted to get this out as soon as possible so that people that were listening who didn't know about the events can potentially show up there. And last before least, before I call it a night, I just want to thank everyone again for listening and supporting the show. As many of you know, if you're on Facebook, I'm on Japanese Wrestling Classics by Roy Lusher. That's where I upload videos, share news, all that wonderful stuff on there. I will be at Stockton Con next weekend. I hope to see a lot of you there if you're in the Northern California area. Uh, we got Rey Mysterio Jr., Molina, uh, Hurricane Helms, and also Scott Schwartz and Zach Ward from A Christmas Story, and also Alexis Cruz from Stargate. APW will be in Stockton next Friday as well with uh, Jeff Cobb against Penta Ceromiedo is the main event for the APW title, and quite a few dream matches on there. I'm really looking forward to that show as well. Anyways, once again, thank you so much for your support, everybody, and it's been it's been an honest pleasure and honor and everything in between to be the host of Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher. Thank <laughs> you.